Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Do It With Dan. I'm here with Um, my beloved friend. (laughs) Elizabeth, who... There are those of us that get to call her Bertie, and I happen to be one of those people, and that makes me smile. Hey, Bertie. Hey, Dan. How are you? How is it down there in Cabo? It's overcast. And do you know what's really funny? I've been thinking about gratitude and how um, I was like, ugh, it's so horrible outside. It's like, no, it's just overcast. It's still lovely. This is great. It's cooler and stuff like that. So um, that's where I am. I'm, I'm dealing with overcastness right now. How is good old Bend? Well, Bend, Oregon, we had some hellacious wind yesterday, so it blew everything out, and today it's gorgeous. Blue skies, white clouds, not too hot. Really good. Nice, nice. So um, people that haven't read the show notes yet are wondering, okay, so that's cool. Dan has cool people. Who is this person? Um, Why don't you give your elevator stroke walking to the car pitch of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love and that. And what you're doing, then we're going to get into it. In between being mom and, you know, dog walker. So <laughs> I am Elizabeth. People call me Birdie. I love mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I'm a painter. And I've been painting for on and off for many years of my life. But it's just really in the past decade or so that I have decided to take the sliding door, so to speak, of choosing to be an artist. Mm. And so I have left what I loved, which was rolfing. I'm a certified Mm -hmm. advanced rolfer and now I'm a painter. Okay. There's a few things from that I want to step into because you're more than just a painter. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but for a while, rolfing was you. That was your thing. That was your jam. And I actually found out about the existence of rolfing from you. I didn't even know that this thing called rolfing existed until you explained <laughs> it to me. Rolfing? I think of Rolf Harris and that I try not to because we found out things about him. But um, why don't we start with what rolfing is? What, what was rolfing? What was it that you were doing before? Well, it was something that I was led to. Um, I studied art and design and... Mm-hmm just didn't enjoy that platform at all, the lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. I was led into being a personal trainer, which I had no interest in doing. However, I Mm -hmm. was following some guidance on what to look for in my lifestyle. So it was personal Mm -hmm. trainer, massage therapist, landing at Rolfing because it's really a whole, it's a method of looking at the body in a whole, it's taking everything in, um, and as a rolfer, it's a, it's a strict training. It's uh, a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. But the reward for me was I loved it. I loved being able to help people. I loved the space that I had to exist in while I worked with people. And it was ultimately being that rolfer that I was able to reignite a lot of the creativity that had sort of been bred out of me in my university experience. Yummy. 
I knew that there were going to be some threads that carry over, but I wasn't sure what they were going to be. I'm going to hold those threads for a moment, and I'm going to invite you to talk a little bit about... Because what's become clear to me is that the artist within you has been seeking to express itself, but some things in life kind of locked that part of you in a box. But you were speaking to parts of that artistic experience as you were taking other, other paths and following those breadcrumbs to come back to what was evidently the perfect place for you to be where you are now. But talk to me about the university experience. What was it that happened there? Overall, it was, you know, it was pleasant. I was in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly. Um, I, 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 I loved the experience, but what they taught us really didn't feed that bedrock sense of creativity and it was far more oriented towards money and income and meeting the desires of your clients and the flow of where art or creativity rises from within me um, didn't get fed a whole lot and so the experience I was one other thing that happened that was hard for me and it's it's worked out fine was they were literally rolling in the computers as I was graduating so I didn't have the benefit of any digital content as far as Mm -hmm. art is concerned at that Mm -hmm. time and it's always been ahead of me I've always been behind that one so it was speaking to the head and the structure, but not to the, the masculine head structure, will pushy, but not to, not to the true heart of the art. True, very true, not to the true heart. And I, I own that now when you look, when I look back on my life, I had thought that this type of art would, because it's verifiable, that it, that it became something that would validate me in my parents' eyes and my own eyes. And because the thought of being an artist, like I am doing now, didn't seem viable. So, so the stuff of life got in the way of you doing the life that you really wanted to do and be. Is, is that... It's a pretty... An accurate, it's an accurate statement. And I think that... It goes hand in hand, the stuff of life and the experience from within, the way that the, my person talked with my experience, I allowed it. Mm-hmm. But yes, the answer to your question is yes. I want to time travel forward to now. And then I'm going to, I'd like to then allow our discussion to be filling in the blanks between the two. So we have 20, 21 year old Bertie, finishing up university you spent some time in europe so you got some you know some traveling under your skin you saw a bit of life you were out and you did the whole independent thing and you went to university like you know what i'm gonna do this art thing and then you were like hang on a minute (sighs) i didn't really get to do the art thing they tried to tell me how to live the art thing but there's there's a disconnect here let me go and try and do some other stuff and you did some uh some massage therapy you did some personal training and you were in there you were embodying some of the creativity but you weren't just being who you really felt called to be fast forward five or six years later wink wink and here we are (laughs) 
Bertie's in her studio. She's doing what she loves. She's getting to share her art with the world in a very unique way, which we're going to speak about. Talk to me more about where you're at now against that sort of semi-intro I've given into the nowness of you. The nowness of me, and if I repeat what I said a little bit earlier, is there's a there's an urgency for me. It's like standing on the, you know, running to the train platform and wanting to get that train. It's like I feel as if the artist train has come by me in life a few times, but I chose and differently. I chose to miss that train. I didn't validate it. I didn't. So now how I feel is it's sort of like a movie. I hopped on that train and I'm, I'm taking that train to wherever it takes me. And what's, what's been included so far is this really rich imagination of remembering how I was as a kid and used to say, oh, well, I want to be an artist without ever knowing what a pipe dream that sounds like for a child to say. I get to like put myself back in the shoes of Bertie as a child and remember the joy that I had then. And when I do that, all of a sudden there's this structure around which my life is building in creativity in so many different ways. It's not just that I paint. It's that I'm saying I get to be the artist, like whatever that is. Mm. And that's where I was going to, I was going to go to next because are we talking about being an artist as a state of being? Are we talking about being an artist as a vocation? Are we talking about being an artist as a description of a self? When we say being an artist, what are we really what are we really actually saying? What, what, what does that mean? It, it's such a fun question to ponder because there are people that say that they don't have a creative bone in their body and I could mm-hmm. never draw a stick figure. Um, mm-hmm. If I think about the times when I wasn't being as creative, I, I think it's almost just a mask to say I wasn't being creative because I know it, it sounds funny, but I would, I created things. I created, I, I, I sewed, I would, it sounds funny. I would make cards, but I mean, I was always elaborately doing things, whether I was cooking or, mm-hmm. or, or in the garden, like I'd always like know all sorts about stuff I'd learn and I'd find out. And, and so being an artist, um, the gentleman, the, long name who wrote the book flow and he talks about creativity that it it, it isn't just a flow outward it's like coming out of me it's actually something that changes i might be morphing this a little bit well what i took away from the book was it's like you're affecting something Mm -hmm. outwardly so when people okay. talk loft, they talk loftily about, oh, living creatively, and as do I myself, but it's, <laughs> like, it's way bigger than I imagined. So, I mean, for example, I mean, I know you, I, I sit sometimes get to perv over the food pics that you send over. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, I'm going to step into the, step in. And obviously I, I get to enjoy your, your art from a distance, but I get to see how you embody. For me, art history is, it's just expression. Whether you're a music artist, whether you're, because I mean, you sing too, so you, you have that, that vocal expression as well, right? 
whether you're a dance artist, whether you're painting, you're drawing or whatever. For me, if my ad is an artist is just someone that expresses the voice of God through some medium. Like I the, the absolutely big. agree. You took it to uh, you went. I I was playing in the garden, and you took it up in the balloon. I, I <laughs> love that. I mean, really, truly, it is. And I recently just took this art class that you know about last week, and I was really pushed. I was pushed hard as to what I put on the canvas, and not just what, but how, and where was it coming from within me. You know, and then there's that whole piece of who are you creating it for and why? And when you ponder all those things, it's it's deeply so rich. When you talk about art history, I'm fascinated by the development of what, if you look at it as a timeline, I think one of the biggest things I learned when I was in graphic design school was I was bored, I was bored, I was bored, I was learning things. Yeah, I thought that the, you know, different time periods in Italy, the architecture is very interesting. But what really caught my mind was the Impressionistic era. And everybody can say, oh, I love Monet or Monet or Cezanne or all these different people. But the truth of the matter, when they were alive and doing that, they were going directly against what was considered art. I mean, they were bucking the system completely and were not accepted. I mean, they, they were ousted. And But where are they now? They are the romantic, the impression, all that. And it has, it has its own stamp, so to speak. But it was wrong then. That stuck out to me a lot that sometimes when something's wrong in the public's eye or, you know, historically, it's just, it's a point that something can pivot and change. Well, a genius is really recognized in their own time, right? Or in their own lands or something they, they say, something like that. So, you know, like I said, every one of these, I mean, if you look at even Mozart, Mozart died in poverty in a ditch. Yeah. You know? I mean, look now, like billions of people have had the opportunity to hear his work and know his name and so on and so forth. So I think it's, um, I think there's really something to this idea of doing it on your terms, almost taking that definition a step further, being an unfettered, unfiltered, unadulterated expression of the voice of God, regardless of what other people say, regardless of what the norm is, you're just getting up and doing it and doing it with all of who you are. That feels to me like what artistry really is. Um, so if you want to talk, if, you, if we relate that to the vibration that it is, mm-hmm. um, when I'm in that vibration, mm-hmm. it's... Remember, it's it's not void of mistakes or or wrongdoings on a canvas. Mm-hmm. But it is so filled with a vibration that's flowing. It's so mm. not. It's, so, it's the opposite of stagnancy. Mm. It, is, it is rich. It's give and take. It feels so good to be there, and I, I can I can quote different times in my life that I have felt that but it's a wanting to be present to it 
and to use your word, anchor it, mm-hmm. and learn how to be there more often than not. Because what's coming from that space for me is always a higher vibration, whether I'm parenting or painting. Talk to me about points in life. I was having a conversation with someone. Was it doing it? No, I was doing it in my head. <laughs> I thought I was having a conversation. I was having a conversation in my head yesterday about three key points or three key relationships in my life um, that led me to to doing what I what I do now. And most of them were disempowering at the time. You know, a couple of them were like people that screwed me over even. But that screw over is what ended me going down a certain path that basically has me here today. If you were to look at the journey from Rolfing, Bertie, to, do you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be the artist. I'm going to hop on the train, Bertie. What are some key points or key relationships, key turning points that you can, you can see over your life that have brought you here? It always, it always involves a stop and a gaze back. I, I know that it always includes that. I gaze back and go, wow, um, this is where I'm supposed to be. So key points would be, I think for me right now, what has become just vitally apparent is the ability um, is, is I've always had resilience and that resilience has always served me. But what may have, what's, what's come to the table more strongly for me now is a self-love, a really deep self-love, not resiliency at my own expense where I'm going to burn that battery out eventually, but a self-love where I'm investing in myself. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. It does. It does. So if I'm hearing you correctly, a common thread between any experiences contributed to your change has been sticking with it, but sticking with it in a way that loves you and you're expressing that by just making an investment in yourself, whether it's some time or whether it's some, uh, getting learning something or, or working with someone, it's, that's been what's been bringing you along? Yes. The resiliency is the first thing because the resiliency is what you know, got me through school, what got me the jobs, what, you know, as an endurance athlete got me through the events, got me through. And it was during some of these times where I'd reached that sort of nirvana point and I would grasp for it, but it was always, it was so effortful. And um, then, then, then comes the self-love, self-care, um, you know, and, and I'm not poo-pooing anything small, but it's not, it's not the taking of a bath by a candlelight. It's consistent <laughs> bath by candlelight. Mm. I mean, everyone's different, right? So for some people that, bar, I mean, I, I had this with, with um, someone that I work with. And we're working at finding my bath, my bath by candlelight thing. Because like, I, I there's, a, there's a chat we're in. And when Chantel was like, oh, I'm going to get my glass of champagne. I'm going to get my, my bubble bath. And she was palpably excited about this. I was like, I don't have anything like that. I don't have, I don't have my champagne and bubble bath. I don't have that. And so but what came to me was that, well, I kind of do. But it just doesn't look the same as other people's champagne and bubble bath. Right. 
<laughs> like, okay. We all have our own version of that. And I love that you're not poo-pooing it because for some people that could be it, but you've taken the time out to find out what those things are for you. Right. And there's something deep about that when you, when you're growing up and you're mm-hmm. busy, let's say your lens is focused outward Mm-hmm. Um, or at times when we're selfish, when we're younger, it, it's always inward and how it correlates to the outward. I mean, I think there is a certain amount of, you know, I, I hate saying it's maturity, but there's an evolution within all of us. There's a continuum to our lives. And, you know, some of us learn it younger. Some of us learn it older, but we learn it when we're ready. And, and the it being, you know, I love one of your statements, you know, you are ultimately the driver of your life. You're, you're sitting in the cockpit and there's something that happens when, when anyone reaches that point, things take on a different horizon. There's a different landscape to look, look at and from. Mm, I love that. So what we could even say again, just sort of uh, playing with this at a different level is, when we are ready to step into that ready individually and we find our container because for me i think the resilience is the container so when i talk about masculine and feminine energy right having that container within which we can flow and free because we know that we're held by the container so you had i would say that you had um the container of of self-love sorry and within that you applied resilience you applied learning you applied going out because you you had that expansive container of self-love that allowed you to to be held your readiness to then hop on the train and then stick with it because it's not been an easy ride i'm sure making taking the uh, the stance to to go and do something different to do something that's heart-centered the vulnerability that's required of us in order to sort of expose ourselves in that way um i had it in my last relationship even in doing the work i do now it was it was one of many contributing factors to the relationship not working out that I wanted to leave a successful business to sort of just be a poor teacher and not really think about anything. No, I want to do it. I'm ready to do it. But that readiness, when readiness meets that container and maybe a, a willingness to just play in that empty space that happens within that container, would you say that that's something that, uh, that expresses what you've, what you said in a way that someone else could apply? I just got a real visual. Do you remember the old, um, you know, the old, um, jukebox and you'd go up and there'd be all these, these albums. It was well before digital, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you think of every one of those albums, you watch, you watch them spin by and it has to stop, mm-hmm. it has to pick one. Every one of those albums is like a lens through which you can look. Mm-hmm. And one of them can be, I can do this. One of them is, I can't do it. But there's every single little nuance in there that it's sort of like creating your own glasses that you're going to look through. But as you grow through life, it's not just picking up a lens. It's also dropping others. Mm. So, so can only hold one record. Well, you, I think you can layer them, but, but it's sort of like a mix. Like sometimes <laughs> it's not going to work, you know? So when you go through life, at one point you say, oh, I'm going to put this one back. It doesn't, it doesn't speak to me anymore. And then as you, as you grow up, 
and and you realize that some things are really they're really not I don't even listen to that song anymore so I'm not going to pick that lens and it doesn't mean that it's bad or good it's just something in me has shifted so what we could say is I just don't want to dance to that song anymore right and that's okay we're not we're not judging the song we're not saying there's anything wrong with what the song was it's just not I mean it's like if um you know, you're at a, a funeral, there's some songs you're probably not going to play. Just right. like at a birthday party, there's exactly. some songs you're probably not going to play. And there's nothing wrong with the song. It's just, it's not aligned with where you're at in terms of, of the occasion. Does that? Yes. And if I use myself as an example, I, you know, some of the records that I might have picked up, you know, a year and a half, two years ago of... Well, I'm a mom and I'm a painter. Um, I, you know, I can't charge too much. I, mm-hmm. you know, why me? You know, you get, you, you get to choose, but, but then, then now I'm like, well, wait a minute. M- my paintings, you know, whether you like them or not is irrelevant, but if you want to buy it, it's going to cost X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've mm-hmm. put down the lenses of not worthy, not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'll bend mm-hmm. over to give you a piece of artwork. No, I mean, mm-hmm. they don't serve me anymore. I love that because you've expanded into what I would say is the abundance container now. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've, put, in, we've, we've, we've put in a new, a, new, uh, a new track, we've hit another button on the jukebox, and now you're stepping into the abundance container. And in the abundance container, you're recognizing your value and you're allowing the world to meet you at that level versus you running box to box other people's boxes saying hey can i play in this box can, can i play in that box You're like, this is my box and i'm going to play here and if you want to play with me corn if you don't well f you i'm really happy here yes, <laughs> yes. That, that's a lot of what it is but it, and it's i feel like it's a courageous thing for anyone to stand there in that box mm. when you stand there long enough it starts to feel kind of comfortable and you can dance there you know what's coming to mind now? It's really interesting because even what you're saying about the, the quote-unquote business aspects that you, you, they tried to teach you <laughs> five or six years ago when you were at university. And, um, and, but that wasn't what you needed at the time. At the time, you just needed your art to be held. You just needed to be held and nourished. And like they're giving you all of this stuff. And now, through the mediums of life and through uh, taking on different learnings over... So, okay, now I'm ready like you're talking about being ready to meet that. Now you're ready to have that box right. and to step into it. But I think there's another, there's another aspect to that box as well. There's an aspect of service. Because even when we look, and we're going to talk about that a bit now, and how, how you're merging your art, I would say with being a healer, even like a light worker or a healer, there's, a, there's another aspect. There's the aspect of service. So abundance and service. So if we're layering those songs over, we've got the song of abundance and we've got the song of service but you're still just playing in the box and saying, well, do you know what? I'm enjoying this box. And even if, even if it's going to be 20 years after I pass on that this is of service to someone, I'm happy knowing that I've enjoyed the time in my box today. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Mm. And building on that, if I think back to being a rolfer, that was being a rolfer was the first time I felt like so abundant in my life. Not it, it just 
I felt like it gave my soul a place to come out and my hands a place to go. And I could read people's bodies and, and, and it met, it met the viability of like supporting myself financially. And I, I loved it and I thrived there. And it, it's funny for me to think that that is the place, the stillness required to do that work is the stillness that, that blossomed into me returning to the more of the creativity. I love that. You created, so you created the space for you to be what you want to be. And I think sometimes, I mean, people listening may be in a position where they do have some form of art or some artistic expression that they denied themselves because, well, they just weren't ready to be in that box just yet. But taking the time out to create that space, even if it's, having half a day, half a day a week where you create that space to just be in that box and feel what it's like to be in that box. And then that's not the conversation for today, but then starting to create alignment with the idea that it's possible for you to do that and be that and allow that space spent playing in that box to, to start to leak and bleed into other areas of your life and start to maybe start to allow that expression to feed into how you write, which is another thing you do beautifully, how you write your notes, even your text messages, they're very beautiful and I think they're beautiful expression and how we're cooking and how we're, you know, do, do, we, do we sing or whatever, just allowing that artistic expression, allowing the voice of God to start spreading into other areas of our life too, until we can start to understand that everything can be an art, a business can be an art, an artistic expression. Everything can be a truly valid voice of God and letting go of our judgment about what is and what isn't and what we can and can't be. I love the voice of God statement because it, it's so, it's like, it's anything, what you do is a gift, but it's the voice of God coming through you. You, you're harnessing it. You're using it because it's a gift to you. Mm -hmm. So if now I'm in the box of being the artist, which is really exciting for me, there are items in that box that are difficult and painting is one of those. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, as much as I love it, it's hard, but the box expanded for me to be creative in multiple areas, which only feeds the painting. Mm. So I'm like in this self perpetuating, you know, business in a way of, of living. You know, I, I like to think that art brings a vibration to you that is repetitive in your space. Like mm. when you like something, I mean, we don't normally decorate our homes or whatever we do. We don't decorate it to meet somebody else's needs. They meet our needs. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to start to take the conversation more deeply into what you're doing now. Uh, I think the scene's really been really well set for that. I think the voice of God line that you that, that you're you're resonating with even sort sort starts to create some understanding as to why. I, I, I love I love that lined up here. And that's because where you're taking your service now, your service led, heart centered I don't really want to even want to call it a business. I'd like to say it's a, a, a therapy. The healing work that you're doing with art right now, I think it's just truly sublime. But you're not just saying, hey, 
come into my studio, we're going to paint a picture and you're going to be healed. You're almost allowing the art to be the voice of the voice. It's totally true. The voice of the message. Right. And you're, you're almost stepping in as a translator for messages from God, the universe source and define whatever word people are, are okay with and being that voice for them and then empowering them to be their own voice and allowing their art to be the transcription, the dictation of that voice in their lives. Is that a... That, that, that sounds great. Let, uh, well, let's all let the cat out of the bag here. So what <laughs> I'm trying to do or what I have been experiencing is this need for me to cross-pollinate my art and this intuitive mm-hmm. side. And mm-hmm. the intuitive side of myself, I think, is what launched me in the rolfing because... Mm. I didn't have to see it as intuition. It was the application of what I learned. Mm-hmm. And so, but I kept wondering like, wow, this is great. I've got a really great practice. Well, I'm not crunching numbers, you know, I'm working on people's bodies. And so I, I kept wondering how or why. And then I stopped wondering why I just did it. But now when I look back on that, as I do my art, I see that there's this intuition and it's through actually one of your courses where we were introduced to intuition, a light bulb went on in me. I'm like, Oh, I've been getting messages my whole life and I've been shutting them out. (laughs) So here was another level of my person coming up to be seen. And I've accepted that and had some fun learning about it. So right now I am doing readings of people and oh my gosh, people can have so many differing opinions of what that means. So let's be clear. I how I like to do a reading is to, to agree to it. I get your name and I do the reading on my own. I do it in my own space because mm-hmm. I don't have to know you. I don't have to see you. I, I just tap in to a a greater source than myself. And I'm just a conduit for message. Mm -hmm. Then after that reading, I talk with you on the phone and then we discuss and I do the reading and I take notes more during my readings because sometimes there's an element coming from the person I've read that gives greater depth and meaning to the reading. So we have kind of a download together. Mm -hmm. And from that, is an image that's created in my mind and I've begun to paint these. So I'm I'm bringing together this cross pollination of a reading and a painting. And it's just been really, it's, it's fun and exciting. It is potentially powerful and very healing. I just, I'm going to swear because I'm allowed to, it's my radio, my show. I fucking love this because there's, I mean, one of the things, so for for those of you who who don't know Bertie and thankfully all of you will by the end of this, Bertie and I first met the beginning of 2018, Mm -hmm. I think it was, at a Dr. Joe Dispenza event. And we kind of, we, we caught up a couple of times over there and back then I used to do more I used to have a lot more sort of open time. And so randomly I'd open my diary up and say, hey, if anyone wants to kind of do a call or whatever. And we had a call once. We spoke about a couple of things. So that was back in, I think that was 2018, 2018, I think we had that call. Then um, we kind of stayed in touch. I think over 2019, we started to develop more of a, a connection. And then Bertie was one of the my guinea goddesses for a, um, a program, which I'm, I'm 
I'm releasing again this year. I've actually done some more work on it, but we beta tested something called Alchemic Lab Creation, which is the level of my work beyond 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 intention. And uh, I've tightened it up a lot now, but it was it's it's about connecting with more of ourselves in order to live with more of ourselves. And in the experience of that, I got to watch you blossom and grow, and just to step into a different level of confidence of your badassness. And it's funny that you, you, you say, yeah, Rolfing was an expression of your intuition because there's a level of you intuitively that's hilarious. It's hilarious sometimes how on the nose you are about, well, but I, what I love is that you're over time. And of course you've invested in yourself to go and to sculpt that gift and to develop that strength within yourself to, to work that muscle. But I love that off the back of this work that you've done on yourself, you're like, I'm Bertie and I can reach it. Like, <laughs> and now you're like, I'm Bertie, I can reach it. And I'm Bertie, I can paint shit. And I'm ready to step into that and embody it and be it and express it. And the, the level of on-pointness of your just reading of situations, people, places and things sometimes has been a bit scary for me because it's like, fudge, how is she awesome? <laughs> right? And I just love that you're taking something that you're, I would say, even born to do, which is to be that voice that it doesn't feel like you were always trusting. There was like a question of it, but now you're, you're stepping into that divinity and you're like, I'm Bertie. This is what I do, bitches. Like, come on, let's do this reading. Let me, and then you're, I think even the fact that you're surrendering and stepping fully into this artistry and being that voice so that whether that's a voice from a, diff, a, a high level of that person within themselves or uh, a voice from a loved one that's come through for them or a, like, a, like whatever it is, you're just allowing it to be and then just unashamedly, unapologetically just translating that into beautiful pieces of art that people can use to carry that message and be a space for them to heal. I fucking love that. I fucking love that too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it's fun and it's scary and it's exciting and and then I'll be busy. The, the album from the jukebox that's in there is like busy crunching. Like, how do I do this? What does it look like? And then boom, I do it. And then then I learn that there's another album that has to get picked up because there's another lens that has to be added to it, or so to speak. So it, it's been extremely fertile. I, I I love it. And um. And, and the cool thing is, is that you, it's not taken away from you just expressing your own voice and continuing to do your art. So you're, you're here doing readings for people and mixing in and bringing in some art. And, you're, and I would say even maybe those, that time spent in discovery or, or how did you call it? The, 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 the dual download session that you're doing with people having done the reading probably is giving them insights and even validations for themselves that they weren't ready to see. So there's this co-creative, beautiful experience of you not doing some, hey, so is that right? Is that right? No, you're going off independently, coming back and boop, 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 this is what we're doing. You know, this is what's come through, blah, blah, blah. And just allowing people to sit in that space of healing and then to anchor in that healing with a three-dimensional expression of that time that was spent playing in their energy. It, when you describe it, it sounds fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> because it is rad. It, it's so rad it. what you're doing out there. In the it world. is. It is very fun. And and I've, like I said, this whole intuition, you know, I was afraid I was going to have to wear a turban and the turquoise and like. You're not, you're not, you're not wearing a turban and turquoise? <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that to crack, crack I know, out. But it, it, 
it's been fun to sort of hone my own, you know, and I'm sure it will expand because I'm going to try and I'm going to try and tell a story of when I was mm. a kid. And it's sort of like, I remember when I was 17, this is before phones and computers and all that kind of stuff. And I graduated from high school and I took a job being an au pair in Europe and I got on the plane, you know, and said, bye. My father is from the Netherlands. And so I had some family over there. And there's a, an internal feeling that I've grown to, it's, it's evolved. But as a, as a kid, at 17, I remember going, oh, my God, I, I got to get through this. Because I got over there and it was really difficult. You know, hindsight, it was great. I had a great experience. There was tons of crap that happened. But the, the point of the story is right now, while I do this intuition, where I'm at right now, I'm going to do it this way. And when I learn more, I will do more. Does that make sense? It's, it's mm-hmm. um, was it Maya Angelou that said, when you, when you know better, you'll do better. And I mean, when I, know, yeah, when I know better, I'll do better. But for right now, I enjoy not being face to face with someone even when I do the reading because mm-hmm. I get the messages much clearer because mm-hmm. I'm not worried about somebody over there. <laughs> you can just be there in it. And I think it, it adds to your ability to tap in more authentically because yeah. there's no one looking over your shoulder. There's no one questioning. And even in terms of the confidence that I've seen you stepping into, the knowingness, not even confidence, the knowingness that I've seen you step into. Of, but I think once you've seen it hit on the nose that many, you know, th- that consistently, the story that I'm not this has to kind of fall away. Like I can't, I can't kind of hold that bullshit story anymore because I'm. This is what I do. This is, you know, I'll, I'm badass at doing that this. Just a little bit because a blank canvas staring at you is just another blank canvas. I mean, mm. it's a, it's, it's dig deep again and bring something out. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I'm just saying it's, you know, it's just like life. I mean, we get to choose how we get it. We got to get up every morning. You know, the sun comes up, but we have to get up and choose how we do it. Mm. I mean, a blank canvas for some people is overwhelming. Um, for me, I love it. But, but the, it's it's kind of like a kid in a candy store, though. This whole new cross pollinating the two together for me it's it's pretty exciting. Um, it's really fun to send sell a painting that's already painted. Mm-hmm. This is totally different. Yeah, you're birthing something new. Yeah, it's birthing something. And it's the first couple times I had images come to me, I was like, oh, shit, what was that? And, you know, very clearly, I mean, I I can share. I mean, I saw this woman who'd had a past child. I mean, she lost her child at at a late time. And now her child would have been four. And I was like, oh, geez. I didn't even know the gal. And her child was there spreading flowers around going, Mommy, I'm okay. I'm okay. I want you to be happy because this woman is still very troubled by this all four years later. So mm-hmm. I mean, this image just came to me. And, mm. um, you know, stepping out is sometimes hard that these images come. But they're not, they're not me and they're not for me. They're through me. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me to just see them as a higher message. Do you know what? There's a there's a there's a, there's a podcast I've recorded. I don't know if it's going to make it 
out onto the podcast before before yours, but who can look out for it? It's with Diane Hoverson. And we actually didn't know what we we're going to talk about. I love Diane. She's cool. She's just so funny. She does these amazing Facebook lives. And I just love her to bits. And she came to one of my workshops I did in New York. She's based out of New Jersey. So we've had the time to connect in person. And we've been talking about doing a podcast forever. And we end up doing this podcast. And she has a whole line of her work. Um, she creates these beautiful journals around women who have lost babies before their time. And um, during that conversation, we, we had aspects of... Sp- aspects of the conversation and, and where it went, I, I won't spoil it for people, that allowed her to heal from something that had happened 20-something years ago. Finally, she was able to see it in, in a different light. And the reason why I bring that up is because I love that your art, and not just for this kind of situation, not this kind of trauma, or even, even joys, that people are being offered the opportunity to see them in a completely different light in a way that's been gathered, whether the, the data has been collected from something beyond us. Now, right. I'm sure anyone that's going to be stepping into this conversation with you is ready to accept that we're more than just skin and bones and more than flesh. There is something else going on. There are other levels of being. There are other levels of existence and experience from which we can garner. So they're ready to accept. And then you can go and gather that for them and provide that space for them to heal and connect with another, another viewpoint, another aspect that may be the key to healing decades even sometimes of pain and, and, and um, oh, pain, yeah, pain. Right. So, you know, when people learn to meditate and when they first sort of get these moments, they go to grasp it and then they lose it. This overarching resilience and self-love, like I have to stay anchored in that. Otherwise, those images go away like a rainbow in the sunshine. It's mm. like, so there's this, this inner development play that keeps me challenging myself. I'm with you. And do you know what? Coming back to the masculine and feminine, do you know what just came to me? Mm. Essentially, the reading is the masculine container. And then you're allowed to step into a divine feminine and just create the artwork. And get to back. Oh, God, I love that. That is so beautiful. That's really pretty because, um, you know, I mean, you can't see me, but um, I've, always, <laughs> yeah. I've always felt like I'm a can-do gal. You know, I'm a little bit masculine. Yeah. I, like, get things done. And so, you know, that's a really beautiful way of allowing and I mean within the resilience in this self-love is to allow my greater feminine and mm-hmm. pointing that out because that's a really nice observation for me to sit with I mean when you think about the chaos of artistry like the and I don't mean chaos I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's true definition it's just stuff happening and we're just allowing the stuff to happen but we can because it's got that container right so the voice is speaking and we're just, we're just going for it. And it's like freestyling on a guitar. Like, like the, the fingers are going everywhere, but there's the structure of there are modes, there are scales and stuff that we're moving through. But at the end of the day, our fingers are moving, but they're moving within the container of, I have these strings. I have these places I can put my finger. That's the, the, the masculine container. And within that, you just riff away and just do what you're doing and everybody does it 
we all just do it in different arenas. We all mm, and in different ways. Yeah, different ways, different different ways, arenas, different levels, different self acceptance to be able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the beautiful things of getting older. Is um, I know I'm just five years out of college, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, having three kids, moving from state to state, you know, being married, staying married, all that. Like, it's just our lives are our stories. And if you've taught me one thing, I do get to participate in the writing of that story. Mm. And um, it's been rich. It's so it's so uh, it it just keeps reverting me. I think I've told you in the past that, like, reverting me to what I was. But now it's like this, it's like the sliding timeline thing. There mm-hmm. is, there's no continuum. It just is. Love it. I love it. I love it. I want to start to ground this a little bit more because I'm sure by now people are like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I, I want to do some of this reading too. Do you, do you, do, do you separate the reading from the art? As in, could someone... So, I mean, I've been encouraging you and I, I hope you've been taking care of what I've been saying in terms of making sure that you're, you're really creating a, a value for this level of pain liberation you're facilitating for people. But, you know, people connecting with you, is it hopping on your website? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the medium of... So, the medium is, I would reach, reach out to me on Instagram what? Wait, 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 wait. Are you using the gram right now? I'm using the gram. I'm not, very, I'm not very proficient at it yet, but yes, I'm using the gram and I'm working it. But, uh, you know, I've done some beta tests, which are pretty funny. Um, yeah. I, I will share one of the best beta tests that I had was this gal. It was like the very first one I did. And mm. She, when we did our call, I, so I, I did the reading, we did the download, I did the painting, I sent her the painting picture with um, my pricing and everything because it was a beta and what I wanted in return was feedback. And so she's like, I love the reading. She goes, I love the idea. She said, I loved how you put it all together. is great I think it's green light green light green because there was an image of her in the painting and she goes I just don't like the way I look <laughs> so I, like, that was the very first one I was like well dang that, that's troubling isn't it and uh, so I, w- I want anybody who's listening to understand that during the download at the, after the download when we come up with the image you know we, we run through a few markers in the discovery phase but I want to I want to rule out objections so that the, the end result if you get a hold of me what I've decided that I can do is that I can do a reading for you at a hundred dollars mm-hmm. at the end of that during the download you've had a great experience and you want to go through with it well just apply that one hundred dollars to the painting and the paintings range dependent on the size that you get a ballpark yeah, there's lots of factors yeah, there's so many factors, but mm-hmm. you know, I what I'm realizing is that the exchange of energy for me to do, you know, any more beta tests, um, it, it was too big of an energy exchange, and mm-hmm. I, I I want more experience reading, and people want to have this experience and see if they want to do it. So to make it more approachable, that's how I've formatted it. 
So you, you really create space to, to be, for people to be, to be served that perhaps haven't got thousands of dollars to come and get an original piece of artwork, but they can come and do an, an exchange with you, step into the reading and see what they want. And maybe off the back of that, they want to connect with an existing piece of art. I mean, I know COVID's made it a bit tricky for me to get my pieces, but I've got mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my I'm sure I'll have more over the over the time to come, but but there's always that option for people as well. Exactly, and and yeah. I am trying to connect with people. So uh, doing readings is something that I want to do. I've been doing them. People just Venmoing me the money. I I do the reading. We do the download. They Venmo me. It, it's been a really rich experience for me because that is an aspect that I need to nurture right now. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Bertie, um, what is your, I'm going to put the, your Instagram in the show notes, but what's your Instagram account for people to go and see some of your dope work that you're, you're putting My out there in the world? My name, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and that is a Z and an A, Elizabeth underscore Vanderleet, and that's my maiden name, V-A-N-D-E-R-L-I-E-T. Brilliant. Well, we'll make sure that people have got access to that on the gram. And, uh, and they can pop to your website as well. We'll make sure we pop that. Um, ElizabethVandelite.com? Yes. And if yes. you go to my website, you are, can go to the contact there and um, reach out to me. Please say you heard about this on Dan's podcast. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant. I love this. Um, I just love your vulnerability. There's so much more of your story, but I know you've been... Um, taking some advice and going out there and getting on the road and, and doing lives and stuff. I really wanted to sort of show your journey. That's what I really wanted to do today. I know there are big, big, big pieces. There's so much more to you that people can read about on your site as well. And, and I, I really want people to, to follow your work and to follow your journey and, and to be a part of it. But I really just wanted to show this, this butterfly experience of you just stepping into your divine goddess badassery. That's been such a beauty to, um, to watch over the past couple of years. And I'm looking forward to continuing to watch that just blossom. That really makes me happy to see that, that you're being an example, you're being a light and you're, you're being a healer because I really think you, I really feel you've got a beautiful gift. And I love that you've got this unique way of sharing that gift in a way that's really, really helping people to heal and grow. Wow, Dan, thank you very much. I'm sitting with that and it's just, it feels really powerful. And I, I have a lot of gratitude for your structure and what you have given me to work with. And you've been a wonderful ear, friend, a heart, a shoulder. And I am grateful for that. It's, it's really quite a lot of fun. Thank you for being a good example. I love you, baby. Love you, baby. Everyone. um, Please, please, please. My call to action today is go and check out Bertie. Um, if you're Instagram, if you're an Instagrammer, follow Bertie, follow, support, like, get into it and get yourself a reading, pull a hundred bucks out and come and get yourself a reading. There's no obligation to go any further than the reading. Just come and spend some time with her connecting and allowing the voice of God to come to you in a, a new and beautiful voice. That's my, uh, that's my call to action for you today. Other than that, um, if you like this episode, share it, um, rate and review my podcast. I, I stopped doing, I wasn't really asking for that. Apparently if you don't ask for it, it doesn't happen. Rate and review my podcast, please. Let people know about it. And um, yeah, we'll catch you next time on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Until then, keep dreaming with your eyes open and remember that you can consciously choose an abundant, joyful and purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Hey. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.